Hello, I am Sektar, and these are the exploits of Trezine the Infinite during the Black Crusade. I hope you enjoy. Abaddon the Despoiler's 13th Black Crusade moved towards the fortress world of Cadia in 999.m41. It was at this time Trezine the Infinite played the unlikely role of hero, due to self-interest, to the Imperium of Man's defenders. It began on Trezine's tomb world of Salmanus. The first alarm came from the bell of St. Gerstal. For thousands of standard years, it had sat in silence upon its pedestal, content to while away eternity in the vast collection of artifacts possessed by Trezine. Then, on a day seemingly little different to any other in the unchanging hallways of Salmanus, the bell began chiming with ever greater force. The first doleful note chimed, splitting the vault ceiling, unleashing a flood of coolant that instantly dissolved the last example of Uliac sand sculptures in existence. The second note triggered a logic cascade within the circuits of Salmanus's master programming, causing it to wrongly command each and every one of the tomb world's Necron warriors to return to stasis sleep. By the time the bell of St. Gerstal sounded its third time, the reverberations had grown sufficiently destructive that even the composite alloys of Necron flesh could not withstand its onslaught. Trezine lost five surrogate bodies in his increasingly desperate attempt to bring about the silence. After the thirteenth chime, the bell of St. Gerstal finally fell silent. Pausing only to cast the contraption into the depths of the webway, hoping that it would be the Eldar's problem, Trezine wondered what it could mean. Gathering the information from other Necrons, he discovered the answer to the riddle of the bell. He discovered that Abaddon's Black Crusade would be the destruction of humanity, which caused the problem. He needed more artifacts from humanity, and if the war swallowed him up, he was left with nothing. He could act if he decided. But where to begin? Where was the cause of the corruption? Alas, he found the catalyst. To the Imperium of Man it was known as Cadia. Trezine could not recall setting foot there, not in all of his travels. To his understanding, it was a drab, gray world. On the other hand, if the role of savior grew tiring, Cadia would surely offer opportunities to expand his vast collection. Yet he could hardly make the journey undefended. Cadia was a near-permanent war zone, and he'd not survived the endless eons since biotransference by taking unnecessary risks. Perhaps one of his peers would lend him a phalanx or two. Emotech of the Sawtech dynasty, perhaps? No, 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 no. That wouldn't do. Not after Salmanor. In fact, now Trezine came to consider it, he didn't have any peers left who wouldn't turn him down outright. And perhaps one of his contacts within the Imperium itself? No. They were too obtuse. There had been that one Inquisitor. A shame that what had happened to her, but humans took such great delight in killing each other. No, sadly, Helena Valeria would be of no assistance. But maybe she ha held the key, or at least invited a certain sardonic justice. His spirits restored, Trezine headed deeper into the catacombs, searching for one particular vault. Trezine eventually made his way to Cadia, accompanied by several key items holding a portion of his imperial collection. He had made contact with Archmagos Dominus Balerius Call. Call turned and realized the new thing on the battlefield might be an ally. I mean you no harm, Trezine cocked his head to one side. Are those the correct words? I find that no matter which I use, no one ever really believes them. 
You are an abomination, Call said coldly back. The Necron set his staff aside. Thief normally suffices. I preferred honored guest. But abomination or thief, you and I have a common cause. Logic dictates otherwise. We share no commonality, Call said analytically. Perhaps. I went to the fires of biotransference in chains. You, I think, have gladly sliced away your humanity piece by piece. Trezine stepped closer, eyes blazing. But neither of us desires to see this galaxy ripped asunder by chaos. Destroy me if you wish. I will simply awaken elsewhere. Nothing will change for me. Yet for you... Call remained silent. Probabilities warping and reforming with fresh data. First an Eldar had sent, set him on his path. Now a Necron offered to guide his steps. But if the knowledge preserved the Omnicize Imperium... Show me. Trezine cackled. A sound dry as dust echoed around the cavern. Thought you'd never ask. With Trezine's aid, Belarus Call began to master the intricacies of the Necron Belt Pylon network beneath Cadia's Elysian Fields, the largest field of the pylons on the fortress world. At Trezine's direction, Call focused his attention on the pylon that served as the command node for the Elysian Fields. With each moment, the tendrils of his machine consciousness delved deeper into the pylon's pathway. His understanding of its archive constructions magnified with each binary calculation. At last, he comprehended the full scope and purpose of the pylon fields, the elegance of the design millennia beyond the advances of the Adeptus Mechanicus. Trezine the Infinite watched from the shadows, careful not to provoke the cataphron breachers tasked with his obliteration should he attempt betrayal. He still didn't know himself if he intended one. The possibilities offered by the immediate future were too tempting, yet too finely balanced. Had he come as a thief or a savior? Uncertain, the Necron watched the Archimagos at his work. The western wall of the vast cavern collapsed with an ear-splitting roar. Black armored traders crashed into the line of waiting electro-priests, a line that collapsed within moments of the first blow. Abaddon the Despoiler himself hacked and tore through the ranks, the demon sword Drachnian cleaving alloy and bone without effort. Trezine watched the breachers, Torsen cannons rip into the traitors' ranks, and knew at once that the cataphrons could not prevail. Thief or savior? The decision had been made for him, at least for the moment. Reaching beneath his scale cloak, the Necron withdrew a gleaming fractal tesseract labyrinth and hurled it into the fray. It bounced twice, the shifting energy fields decomposing into glowing gossamer strands, and then its captive dimension unfolded and in a burst of dazzling light disgorged a new army into the war-torn cavern. This was not a Necron legion, nor even a body of troops drawn from a single world. Tesseract's contents comprised the merest fragment of Trezine's imperial collection. For Lieutenant Commander Serentis of the Ultramarine Legions, barely an eye blink had passed since the dark days of the Horus Heresy. For his contemptor pattern dreadnoughts and mortal brothers alike, no guidance was needed save the presence of the blasphemous icons of chaos. And the Imperium's double-headed Aquila, the dreadnought town at their head, the time-lost Ultramarine's prosecuted their eternal battle anew, but they were not alone. The Vostrian firstborns 
11th Regiment, snipers from Long Dead Tanith, Salamander Astartes, thought lost during the Clovian disaster, and even a single Adeptus Custodi joined the fray. With the arrival of impossible reinforcements, the Black Legion assault stalled. His self-appointed duty done, Trezine returned to the shadows. The role of savior might perhaps have suited him in that hour, but self-sacrifice was a task he gladly left to organics. But there was one amongst the Tesseract group who did not join the battle. It surveyed it coldly with, from the fringes. Caterinia Grayfax, Inquisitor of the Ordo Hereticus, was not known for leaping to rash conclusions. Her bodyguard, drawn from the 55th Capic Eagles, had their las guns leveled, yet not a single scion fired without the Inquisitor's orders. Grayfax surveyed the room until her eyes settled on Trezine. Aiming her condemner bolt at the Necron, she snarled, Abomination! That word again! A metal hand gestured lazily across the cavern. Stop me if this sounds familiar, but I suspect your priorities require reevaluation. You sow corruption wherever you tread. Your reckoning is overdue. She pulled the trigger. Or she tried to. Her finger didn't respond. Trezine opened his palm. A flood of microscopic machines flowed over his fingers. I'm not a fool. The mind shackle will not let you harm me. Bile flooded Greyfax's mouth. Anger seared it away. You've corrupted me, as you did Valeria. A precaution only. As for Valeria, she had a remarkable brain. You robbed me of the opportunity for study. Again, Greyfax tried to pull the trigger. Again, nothing happened. Useless. I brought you here out of a common cause, said Trezine. I am not yet done with this world, and nor is your Imperium. If you seek to save it, I suggest you focus that formidable certainty of yours elsewhere. Our reckoning will wait. And so it did. Call managed to get the Cadian pylon network functioning briefly, and it even cut the forces of chaos connection to the immaterium by causing the eye of terror to begin to shrink, badly weakening the hold of its demonic forces upon the materium. Even the despoiler was forced to retreat off planet, angered that its defenders had once more managed to prevent him from claiming his prize. But Abaddon would not be denied his prize this time. He used the damaged remains of a Blackstone fortress, the Will of Eternity, as an artificial meteorite, smashing it into the surface of Cadia, killing most of the remaining defenders. Connection to the warp restored, the Eye of Terror began to grow beyond its formal bounds, engulfing the Cadian Gate and the dying fortress world itself. The instability in the warp would extend outwards from the Eye of Terror, eventually cutting the galaxy and the Imperium of Man itself in half, creating what we know as the Great Rift. For Trezine, the cause was lost. Having done what he could, he decided to claim one more prize addition to his collection. He watched the end of the battle from the caverns beneath the Elysian fields, from a rocky perch, aware that history unfolded before him. Metal fingers toyed with another Tesseract labyrinth its unfathomable dimensions fit to carry a single trophy from the embattled Cadia. But what should that trophy be? Trezine waited till the very end, as the Imperium defenders fled the caverns beneath the Elysian fields in the wake of Abaddon's catastrophic meteor strike. As Lord Castilian Ursicar E. Creed, Cadia's greatest defender, and the man who had almost single-handedly kept the fortress world alive, organized the evacuation of the surviving Imperial forces from the dying world of Cadia, determined to die with dignity. 
Even as he tried to save what he could, the Necron overlord struck. With a shudder, the line of Cadian defenders shrank towards the evacuation fields. The winds rose, stirring the dust storm to new heights. Suddenly, Creed was alone. Creed stumbled. Despite the medic's valiant labors, his wounds still bled. He felt his strength ebbing as his lifeblood seeped into the great coat's fabric. The storm parted, not before a demon, but a metal giant in scaled cloak. The wind snatched away Creed's hurried shot. Light glittered upon the figure's upraised palm, iridescent polygons billowing in a hypnotic dance. Ursicar E. Creed, the giant's words slammed down like tombstones. This need not be your end. Eternity awaits. The giant's laughter followed Creed into darkness. And then Trezine let the darkness claim him, teleporting back to Solemnus, thief and would-be savior both. And that is how Trezine fits into the whole 13th Black Crusade. I hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned anyways. We will be back, both me and you soon. Toulouse.